0: Welcome to episode forty-one of Jits Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. I am your host Andrew Desimone with Croiler. Oh, Gracie, that, and that's it. Okay, sorry. I just, yeah. I was, I just, I you just mad in your head. Just wanted you to like maybe keep going. Oh and no, this was it. Croiler Gracie, son of ambassador of Regent. I didn't know if you had any titles. You want no,
1: to. none of that stuff. No, you don't have. I'm not like Daenerys Stormborn. No, nothing like that.
0: Like, I am Andrew Desimone, Comptroller of the podcast. You are Croyler Gracie. Mm. I'm sure a lot of people have choice words. (laughs) Shh. (laughs) <laughs> the duke of dick uh crazy. wow that took a weird turn the count of country man <laughs> sorry these are all that's <laughs> not where i thought this was going the archbishop of asshattery wow i'm, okay. I'm sorry i mean here you got it. I, i'm here get me <laughs> no i'm much nicer you're just you are so much nicer now i feel like an idiot in a monster yeah. It's kind of like when I throw people when they get promoted and how just hugs them. That's true. Okay. I don't feel bad anymore. Cause you, <laughs> you, you, have done that. Croyler. recently, we had a blue belt at our school test, Gino and Gino. <laughs> awesome guy. He's super nice. He's fun to have at the gym. He's fun to roll with. And he, he gets through his test. I wasn't there, so this all comes second hand. So correct me if if I misstep at any point. But he gets through his test, the workout, the drilling, the uh, rolling, and then at the end of our class, you are tossed after you pass your test by anyone who is a higher belt, uh, higher ranking than you. Right. And so he goes through, everyone's throwing him. Were you the first or the last? I was the first. Okay, so he's thinking, he's like, yes, the sense of accomplishment, I did this. He walks up, Croyler's there, and he sees Croyler, and he's probably thinking, my teacher, my professor, the, the person who I've trusted to teach me all the things it took to get me to this point, point. and he walks up to you, looks over at his wife, she's there smiling, I'm so proud of you, honey, thanks, babe, I love you. And then he walks up, he's like, thank you, Croyler. And then what do you do? I threw him. okay let's you threw him (laughs) and and he came down hard from what i hear and he did not fall gracefully no and and when he stumbled up to his feet what what was his response to you he had this very dazed and confused look and
1: he very innocently said why did you just do that (laughs)
0: Why did you just do that? <laughs> the voice did. Did the did the hurt in his voice? Did did it shake you at all? Did no? Was it like your dog looking up at you after you get mad and you spank it? Like I don't this? not never hit my dogs. You never spanked your dog? No. Okay. Well, all right. I guess I'm a monster. Right? I'm sorry. <laughs> you, all right. You don't you don't spank your dogs, but you will throw a human to the ground. Who? Oh yeah. Who, I'll, I will hit the planet with him. That's what he did to Gino. Gino, if you're listening, we're, I'm sorry, and <laughs> and please send your condolences I mean, and he flowers, flowers to Gino at big boy b o i l five six one at aol dot Well,
1: somebody's gonna get some weird stuff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, why did we get off on that tangent? I don't know. You're talking about me being this evil creature and and all that. All right, thanks. So episode 41, today's episode is going to be about being a student of the game. Yeah. And when I say a student, this is going to be all about learning strategies, absorbing information, trying to become as much of a sponge for jujitsu as possible. Now, you, I think, when I think of someone who is a student would be an understatement. A, a, a shell that the humanity was hollowed out, and a a soul breaking need for jujitsu information was stuffed into that that vacuum. Oh, wow. right. That's an apt description. <laughs> I think. Did you take that as a compliment? Too? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Did. You don't have any more room for. For other emotions it's just <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry if this episode comes off as me really just just beating you down no, i mean I, I mean that's not a be- i mean that was a comment you praised me pushed me up you have put so much effort and thought into jujitsu you put more thought and effort into jujitsu jujitsu than i have put into friends family and life all put together we know. <laughs> You're like, as a friend, <laughs> we know. We know. This is, this, we're going to have an intervention about this. <laughs> oh, man. So, as a new person who sees you at that state, I think, Jesus, how can I ever get to that point? I need to set up a system. I need to do something to start to re- learn and retain this information. And there, there are a lot of strategies for that. If we're looking to start, what do you tell the new person coming in who... It can be a daunting task to, to look at everything that's available in Jiu Jitsu and then say, where do I start? Like actually like at my school or, or just as a conceptual thing for people listening? us say conceptual. Think of
1: it as a language and not only a language, but think also of it being a cultural thing, right? So um, I used the, uh, an example once in the past of like, if I took you and I dropped you in like, Tibet Right Just some random village in Tibet And I said Alright Andrew Survive And I just leave you Right You don't speak the language You don't know the customs You don't understand the culture You Have no idea Why or how things are being done around you But you're there Right You What do you do That's the daunting task of Jiu Right You come in To this largely immense, you know, with almost an infinite number of combinations, this martial art that's always evolving and ever growing, and you have no idea where to start. How could you ever start? How could you ever hope to grasp all that?
0: You would leave for three months and come back, and you would see a corpse that's been running for two (laughs) months and three weeks.
1: (laughs) So what comes down to it is, is you take it slow, right? Don't try to, you know... the the big mistake is in there's 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 three things that happen that will hinder growth thinking that you know everything thinking that you don't know anything and you know thinking that people can't that you can't learn from other people Um, to quote uh, Hanzo as one of our favorite characters in the show Mm -hmm. you know if you want to learn you just just shut your mouth and listen You know, you can learn jiu-jitsu from anybody, a white belt to black belt, uh, different aspects of jiu-jitsu from all different ranks, whether it's technique, whether it's approach, concept, you know, all you got to do is listen and pay attention and and ask questions. Um, The other two issues that I mentioned was thinking that you know everything. The moment that you think you've mastered anything in jiu-jitsu or you think you have a sufficient amount of information or that you... Are at the pinnacle of this sport, uh, martial art, you stop looking and then you fall behind because it,
0: it's never, it's always growing. As a teacher, is that one of the hardest personality types to deal with? The new person who thinks yeah, they know everything? Yeah, those people don't tend to last.
1: Um, maybe in other schools, I don't know. Um, they don't tend to last because their egos will get shattered by the people that are searching for knowledge, right? So if you get a blue belt, you think, you think you're think king of the world, this is a blue belt. And then there's another blue belt that comes up and starts to not only keep up with you, but get ahead of you because they're searching for new techniques, they're searching for new knowledge, they're looking for to perfect something that they've thought they had already mastered. And then they start to get ahead and the edge continues. And that happens over and over until you accept the fact that you can always get better, you can always learn more, you can always improve. Um, and then the other person would be the person who thinks they know nothing. Correct. It's better to be that way than to be the person that thinks they that you know everything. But even if, you, if you're self-deprecating, like, I don't know anything, um, that becomes a almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy to where you will do a technique, a new technique, as an example you may think you're not good at leg locks. So I show technique, a leg lock technique in class. You try once or twice. You're like, I don't really like leg locks. I don't really do them. It's not really gonna work. I'm just gonna humor Kroiler. And then you do two or three reps and you're like, yeah, see, it didn't work. And then you just move on, right? You're, you're like, I don't know this. I'm never gonna get this. It's never gonna work. Um, that keeps you from learning, right? Um, if, if you tell yourself, I, I, I'm not good enough for this or I can't learn this or, um, I'm never going to use this. That's another one that happens. Then then you limit your growth. Like you should learn the techniques that, even even if you're not going to ever use them, you know, if you're, let's say, you have neck injuries, you may never bear in bolo because if your neck. It's too risky. So you're like, I'm never going to bear in bolo anyway. There's no point in me doing this, right? Well, if somebody does it to you or is setting it up on you, you need to be aware of that. And, and to be aware of a technique, you need to not do the technique.
0: Now, for me, someone starting off, I would think, your home base should always be the gym you're at the right. place you're going absolutely unless you have someone who's just an idiot or is in dangers you yeah would you just say go to class as often as possible it depends man it's all it's all relative right um so so what i
1: would tell people is find a good school find a good good home base that you can always that you can trust, that you can learn, that you have good education, that you have good source of material knowledge with good training partners that allow you to exercise and learn that material, um, that's very, very important. You can't do jiu-jitsu by yourself. It doesn't work. The, the second step would then be to, to not only retain the technique, meaning like remember how to do the steps and be able to perform those steps because that's where everybody focuses can i do this and can i recall can i can i do this and do i understand all the steps but the second half of that is the recall can i recall this when i need to and can i do it live then right so you have memorizing and remembering the steps and then being able to do those steps correctly and then the second half being Being aware of the position that you're in and going, oh, I need to do this technique and then recalling that technique in those steps and then having enough practice to turn that into a live action,
0: right? So if I'm looking at this in kind of stages, if you have like a, a small circle, that's the core That's your class. That's where you're gonna get the most of your information and growth probably. Yeah, I mean, it should be. That uh, should be your primary source of knowledge. And then out from there, you have extracurricular stuff you can do. Now, if we're focusing on that first part, that core, how do you make the most out of the classes that you're going to? I mean, there are things like notes. How yeah. do you absorb so, the info? How do you? So
1: it, it comes down to learning styles. Uh, ultimately, it comes down to learning styles, but there's a few very good proven strategies, right? So. The more exposure to a particular technique, the better. Meaning, if you do a technique, if you do a technique ten times one week versus hundred times one week, you'll be able to recall and perform the hundred-time technique better than the ten times because you're more exposed to it. You've done it more. You you start to develop reflex and and, and muscle reflex and uh, connections to technique because you you become aware of it. It's something you've done a lot, right? It's like brushing your teeth. You don't think about it. You just do it. Um, you can also look at um, conceptual learning so some people rather understand how something works and they can then physically do the technique um you have people that will never understand how something works they can just do it those tend to be the hyper athletic people um they can work at it but generally speaking they just do they can they can copy cat and, and do the technique right um So you have your visual learners. You can also have the people that need a ton of drilling time. So it's hands-on learning. Um, The other strategy that I'm a huge fan of is taking notes. I think writing techniques down is very difficult. Explain how Mm -hmm. a technique works and the the starting point, the end goal, um, all the steps in between, all the minutiae, where it's going to fail, how it's going to fail, how we're going to address those failures. What are we going to follow it up with in case of a failure? What are we going to follow up with in a case of successful technique um what is likely to be my most common error at physically doing the technique right um it's very tough to that's very daunting task to to write a technique even taking notes on something as simple as an armbar is very very tough um, if you're thorough right
0: well and it's tough to find the language to accurately describe what you're doing, right? So that you'll understand it later. Because I've done I plenty of times. I've written stuff down and later looked at it and thought, "What the What the fuck is this yeah.
1: describing?" Right. But see, that's that's where the writing the notes becomes valuable, right? If you, as you sit down to write your notes, you write them thinking of your future self, not of you, the person, not the author writing the notes right now. But will somebody? Completely unrelated to Jesus, sort of can they understand what's happening here? Right, and if you can do that, then then it doesn't matter because then anybody can read that. And like when when um when I got my iPad, so because I've been taking notes
0: for years. Um, when did you start taking notes?
1: By when I was sixteen or
0: seventeen. And would it be something that after every? class you'd sit down and take your notes did you have a Uh, time where you said all right this i'm gonna write a certain amount i've been teaching i was already teaching back then um Mm -hmm. so what i would do
1: is i would write taking i would write kind of like what i wanted to do in class and it started as a class plan like this is what i want to do today and then i would then revisit that because you know, I teach the same thing throughout the week. So you have a lot of exposure and time and so on. So if I taught it on Monday and it didn't flow well, it didn't work well, people understood a, a specific explanation better than others, then I would tweak that that lesson plan. It would go on every day after class, I would tweak it. And, and it was never a script, don't get me wrong, it was a guideline of how I would do it. And then- um, You wouldn't be like,
0: hello. I am Croiler. Right. Welcome to
1: my class. <laughs> right. It was never like anything like that. And then what I started to do was, you know, when I looked back like well, say on Friday, the the technique was so much better explained on Friday than it was on Monday because I had to explain to people that didn't know the technique, right? Because when we write notes to ourselves, we assume that we can remember the situation. But if you write it with the intention of not being able to recall this, you're much more detailed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it does take more work, though. It is a lot It is a lot of work learning to use, you know, non-directional, you know, descript, descript, descriptive words. It's never left or right. Your techniques should be ambiguous, right? So it should be inside,
0: outside, near or far, you know, um, and, and things like that. Before I asked you about your own, when you started with the notes, you'd started to mention getting your iPad. Did yeah. that change the oh, way that you
1: did yeah, no, so, no. So the, so the, the reason so when I got my iPad, I was mobile, right? I didn't have, I, you know, I have a desktop at home. So, um, having the iPad meant I had access to my notes on my iPad and then they updated the app. So then I had on my desktop and my iPad and my phone. But what I did was when I got my iPad and I had my notes on the iPad, I, I actually took to a few students, especially like the white belts. And I said, hey, read this and do what it says. Mm-hmm. They had no idea what they were doing. And they were successfully capable of following it and performing a technique. They had to reference it a couple times, but that's okay, they, they were able to get to the position, the starting position they're supposed to, and finish where I wanted them to finish.
0: That's a good way to figure out if you've actually had legible directions. Right. And once that happened, that's when
1: I was like, okay, I have this formula now that works. And then, you know, I I will write my notes. I'm I'm usually about six months ahead of the classes that we're teaching. And then um, I, I, because I'm ahead, it allows me to revisit my notes so, like the techniques for this week, I will revisit them because people struggled a little bit. Um, not because the technique was difficult, but because maybe the wording I used wasn't very clear or something along those lines. And I'm, I'm a very harsh, I'm not just harsh to my, to my students, I'm harsh to myself too.
0: Are most of your notes now all just kind of part of a large curriculum or database? Or do you have like separate notes where you're just talking about um, your? Own observations, or do your own observations out there, just put into your own lesson. They're put into the into each each technique, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So
1: I um, it's like an arm bar right? So I will have so so the layout for my te- for my techniques is it follows this, it follows you know position that this stems from, what series does this is fall into, where, and then it goes into description of. The starting point where we are and then i then at that point then there's another paragraph that has description of the technique so what are we trying to achieve here and then it goes into steps so i break down every step and and then i will break it down to 1.8.2 point you know whatever and then I, i go all the way down and then once i'm done with all that um i will then have a section for if successful, right? So if successful, what happens next, right? And and if it's successful, if it's a submission, it's over. You win, right? If it's not, if it's a sweep, where can I go with that sweep? And and it may say sweep into you know, KOB series, so series or your belly series, or sweep into side mount attack series, or sweep into this and this series. Or if there's a sub-series, I may say sweep into side mount attack series, you know, Keisagatame. So then then it gets in, even into the nitty gritty. Um, and then, in in turn, when I get to the Keisagatame series in side mount, I will say this technique can be achieved from and I will reference back the previous notes. They're also hyperlinked, so I can click on the link and it'll take me to the next series. Mm. Um, and then after that, I will have a section for you know what if it fails, where will it fail? And then I will have steps lined out in my technique. So like step ten is is likely to fail, and this is why that is likely to fail, and how do? We, and then it, underneath that will be how do we address that failure. Right. So if it fails, it'll fail one of three ways. This is how we're going to address those three failures. And then, you know, or how we're going to take advantage of those three failures. And then we go down to you know most commonly asked questions. So what are people likely to ask me when I do this? And coincidentally enough, since I started doing that every time I teach a seminar or a class, people say, well, what do I do here? Or what happens at this stage? It's always leading me to next week's technique, right? Because it's, it's, I've narrowed it down that far. Um, and then I have a section for where are people most likely to fail in learning the technique? Meaning what is the most common mistake when people are learning this? In arm bars, for example, is having your butt touch the mat before your leg goes over the face. That's a, it happens all the time, you know? And that's like number one. And if I notice it over time, so let's say every time I do the white belt course, it's 15 weeks long, I revise my notes every 15 weeks. So if, um, if I notice that, hey, everybody that started in 2018, they're no longer getting their butt on the mat before the leg goes over the head. Now it's they're not shifting the pressure or they're not pivoting the right spot, then, then I will keep track of that and then address that. Because my notes will have to shift to accommodate for that weakness. Do you think if someone picked up your notes, they'd be able to navigate through them or is it just, that's my plan? Yeah. My plan. And I'm not looking to sell it for any reason. You know, I'm writing it so that if I were to gift it to somebody, they could pick it up and essentially have access to why, how, what of everything that I do or know about jujitsu.
0: What do you think you'll gift to someone first that or your, Benjamin Franklin Joan of Arc erotica. (laughs) Because if if, I, I don't have the erotica, I'm sorry. If we're talking about what to get me for Christmas. And you're trying to decide, I want the Benjamin Franklin Jonah of Arc erotica. Yeah, see, I don't, that's, writing, you ought to look because I, I don't, I don't, I don't write that. Taylor told me, she said at night, <laughs> she said she'll come down at night. And she first was like, I think he looks at porn because he always turns the computer off. And then she said she hopped on once and she's like, I wish it was porn. It was, it was like three novels worth of just yeah, Benjamin that's, Franklin. that's, that's and... not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so notes notes are a crucial part uh it's it's probably good to get in the habit of taking notes i'm terrible at notes i've been off and on with taking them and when i am on i notice there is a difference well everybody that you know so as like an
1: example like um paul from grappling dads you know i told him i said he's like looking to get to, to he was looking to test for his purple belt right and he's like man there's so much to learn just take notes it's like oh it's just a pain in the butt to write my notes just just do it it's gonna happen it. and and he bitched and moaned for weeks and then i got a text message from one day and he's like it's kind of working like i remember this stuff i can recall it right so no, note-taking has been used in just about every you know field when it comes to education you know whether it's to recall to study to you know remind yourself of things um note-taking has worked for everything else why wouldn't it work for jujitsu? because people don't know how to take notes and that's a different issue right um then so like i said you have you have note-taking you have exposure you're at the gym all the time
0: before we move on one more thing do you see a difference in the people who are taking notes between the people who will record like record a class yeah or like a private They'll, Um, they'll record the private instead of taking the notes because I think that's the modern way of doing that. The Problem is, is
1: I'm against like looking at recordings to learn, um, regardless of who's teaching, um, because it's so easy to look at something and go, "I get it, I can do that," and do it, and, and it may work fine. But you may not be able to recall it when you're not seeing that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have to write something down, you have to put, you have to put actual thought into writing it down, especially if you're writing it with the intention of somebody else reading it, right? Because then you have to really think about how you're wording things and what does it all mean? Does it all come together? Um, Versus if you just look at a video, it's so easy to zone out. I mean, how many times are you watching TV and you zone out? How many times do you have a show on on TV on the background while you're doing stuff and you can keep up with the show? Mm. But, and you're like, see, I can learn from videos. Yeah, but, but how many things did you miss? Right? Example, so Game of Thrones is a very complicated show. There's a lot of things happening all the time. It's not a show that you could have in the background while you're doing something else and keep up with it and understand all of it. Right? Mm. Now, if you're watching Tom and Jerry, yeah, you can probably do that. But Jiu-Jitsu is not the Tom Tom and Jerry
0: of martial arts. (laughs) What would be the Tom and Jerry of martial arts? I'm going to plead the fifth on that. I think the ideal way for capturing and retaining information would be if you recorded it and took notes because because the notes undoubtedly are the best way is the best way to absorb that information I whatever it is as much as i don't like taking notes anytime i do and this goes all the way back to elementary school high school college when you're writing stuff down it just, that physical, right. that physical motion somehow helps you retain it more. So that I like, but then it also, I can, if I, if I do start to read through my notes and at a later point and go, this doesn't make sense. I can always turn that video on. And, yeah,
1: and, and the thing is, is like the more in tune you are with your, with the technique. So let's say something you've done a thousand times, right? Are you gonna read? Are you are you gonna have to reread those notes all the way through to remember exactly how to do that? Right. Yeah. No. Right. So you could just glance at it. So yes, you're right that if you've done a technique a bunch of times and you understand the ins and outs of it, and you pull up a 20 second clip of the technique, you're like, yeah, I got it now. But that's because you have time and experience with the technique, right? But if you're looking to recall something you just learned today, the video may not do it justice.
0: Now, how much do you use something like visualization in your learning of of new stuff? And like, what do you mean? Kind of going through in your head a move, going through uh, a recent role, a technique, what happened in the previous class, and just kind of walking through it in your head step oh, by that, step. That's, that
1: happens all the time. It's like nonstop. Yeah, it, like pretty much.
0: Times of the day. <laughs> when i'm when i'm at work when i'm talking to my wife when i'm <laughs> when i when i my first born child is, is born i'll be thinking about the role i had it's i mean i i'm constantly thinking about it um,
1: and, and it, it depends to from what angle you know sometimes it's a replay of a technique right like what happened here that I enjoyed versus that I didn't enjoy what went right, what went wrong. Other times is what could have been better? So maybe there was nothing that was necessarily wrong but things that could have been better. Other times is what could they have done to me? What what weakness could they have exploited that they didn't see? How do I patch that weakness? Um, to if I'm watching a roll, right? I will take both sides of that roll. So every time I watch you guys rolling, I think of both parties what would i do in person's a position versus person's b position and then if i do those things what would the other me do and 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 i do a lot of that when i'm watching you guys roll so like when i say oh it was fun watching you guys roll yes it was fun watching you guys roll but it was also fun troubleshooting scenarios off of the positions you guys ran
0: we're still in the classroom trying to learn as much as we can another huge learning tool will be Rolling absolutely, if you allow it to be if you allow it a lot of people don't allow that no how do they how do they completely miss that opportunity? They're wanting to they're they're thinking that if they
1: they're thinking that they can win a medal when it comes to rolling in the school that they train at every day,
0: so rolling is not my time to learn rolling is my time to win to show people to how show great off. I am, yeah, okay. You, I'm never. Just for the
1: record, I will never give anybody a medal for being a the top white belt in my class. Like that doesn't. mean What about I mean. the top blue belt? Also, yeah, that's like being the tallest midget in the circus. You
0: know. <laughs> okay, well, as a short person, I still would be okay with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's the best attitude for what? What's the mindset everyone should go into a role with? What did I learn? What can I improve
1: from? You know what what was done to me that i didn't see coming how could i see it coming how could i stop it the the constant troubleshooting right so you get armbarred your first thought shouldn't be oh shit i got armbarred or what are people thinking of me or this dude just tapped me it should be damn what do i do to stop that arm bar how do i do that to other people where did i screw up that i that allowed me to be weak to have a a vulnerability for an arm bar
0: Right. When someone's new, it's tough to think about a whole lot. It's almost impossible. Right. So, would your advice be when you first start, don't think a lot about your role until afterwards? Well, no. I I sure.
1: Um to me it depends on it depends on people's like mental speed mm-hmm. and 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 I don't mean intelligence. I don't mean knowledge, I I just mean like how fast people process, you know, there's, there's some people that just, they may be very intelligent and maybe very educated, very smart. They may have all this knowledge, but they just don't process quite as fast as other people, you know? So I think what it comes down to it is if you're a beginner, you don't know what you did wrong because you don't necessarily know what you did. Right. Right. I mean, you don't know where you failed because you also don't know what failure is, you know? So the only measure for success as a white belt is to tap somebody else. That's why people go after that. Mm. Cause then you know, I did good. I tapped somebody, you know? But um, I think rather than having that mentality to the the, the the thought process should be, this is a technique I wanna try. Whatever it may be, an arm bar. And when you fail, instead of being upset that you failed i mean you can be upset if you failed that's fine but instead of being frustrated by it think of okay i only got to step 1 out of whatever 10 next time next tomorrow next week you try that arm bar again your your thought should be how do i get to step 2 one was one was easy i got to one how do i get to two and then how do i get to 3 and 4 and so on until you are successful with that arm bar and every time that you don't hit the next spot figure out why not? What happened? Like what went wrong? If I did one, two, three, and four correct, why couldn't I get to five? Figure that out. Cause if you do that, then you can troubleshoot this very specific technique that doesn't require a lot of knowledge because it may be the only technique that you know.
0: And another thing I like to do that helps me is I'll always ask my partner if uh, what I was doing wrong or what they were feeling a lot of times, right. because if I go for submission. Which, as we've talked about on this podcast before, is not often. Um, I will, I'll go for a submission, and if I can't, if I am, if I have a guillotine and it's just not working, I'll try, I'll try, and then I'll give up. And a lot of times, I'll stop the roll and say, like, What, what were? Where did you feel anything? Was there any pressure? No. Okay. Well, then." And if if they don't feel any pressure, then I I'll maybe grab you or another higher belt. Or if they say, yeah, it was it was kind of weak here, you, I can usually like work right. my way through by talking to them what I was missing. Right. What Use I had your to Training adjust. partners as a tool to learn, not as a dummy to beat on. Right. Now another thing with rolling that I think is exponentially helpful is like a positional rolling. So you don't right. always have to do your standard. Sit down, right. slap butt, slap butt. <laughs> wow, I don't know what you're doing. It's not my school. But yeah, whatever. Yes, that's, that's, that's how I do it. You, you sit down, you this slap butt so much. <laughs> wow. Uh, I'm gonna start. You know, Claude has brought the whole snapping thing into into the yeah, class. I'm gonna I, try when I'm there. I'm gonna try to bring the slapping butts into starting off. I don't think that's gonna work. You don't think so? I think it's a lost waiting <laughs> to happen. I <laughs> will have to be very selective with the people I'm doing it with. Uh, positional rolling, Is it though, better or worse. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> people who are consenting to the slapping oh, of oh, butts. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Uh, positional rolling. When I say that. It's not just starting in the neutral position. It is starting in a spot that maybe you need to work on, your partner needs to work on, and you say, hey, do you mind if you start in, like, half guard? Right. And going from there, because the more you train with people, the a lot of times you get into... habit of rolling a certain way and you know this person they're just going to be in mountain the whole time and that's where it's going to stay we do that every time we roll yeah so you, you learn strategies against
1: specific people versus growing to address everyone right yes
0: yeah like you and I have to do that because otherwise I just am in mount the entire time and <laughs> yeah. neither of us learn anything. That, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how, how would you advise people use, it's not that funny, come on, uh, how, how would you advise people use positional rolling in their game? I think it should be done all the time,
1: you know, but, but that's not your call to make, right? So if you go to school and your instructor doesn't do technical rolling or positional rolling or positional sparring, coach, shut up. I heard this in a podcast so we're going to do this like that's not your call to make you're not the teacher in the class right so to me i think you know once every week once every two weeks is beneficial i do think that you need to roll outside of just very specific positions as well. So you can grow and be exposed to other things. But I think you also have to be actively looking to go outside your comfort zone. So whether it's positional rolling, whether it's a full blow full, full blown rolling, um, ultimately you need to be actively seeking to go to areas that you're not very good at and failing there and looking to succeed and grow in those positions.
0: And let's also move now to an area that you're a little iffy on and that's like video yeah or w- w- let's make it even more general let's start off with a bigger question where should you go to in your search for info and knowledge apart when you're outside of your class so if someone gets so, done and they're like man i still feel like learning like i still want to so do some stuff
1: outside of class the this the second best source other than, than your your direct instruction would be like a seminar no, this podcast, that was the, that was oh, the right question. Oh, uh, is that you're leading me to that? <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> no, so, so private classes obviously are very, very important above private class. So you'd have your regular day-to-day instruction needs to be solid above that. You'd have private classes because then it's direct instruction. You have a hundred percent attention for a long period of time and you can address very specific needs. Then... A layer outside of that would be seminars. So basically the benefit of a seminar is you'd get essentially booster pack to your jiu-jitsu, right? You, you get to learn from an expert who may not be the toughest guy in the world, or maybe he is, it doesn't matter. The point is that that expert is maybe, he may be an expert in a very specific part of jiu-jitsu that you don't know, or that your school doesn't practice, or that you know that you have a deficit in, and you can take years worth of knowledge in a couple hours, right? People don't understand that the techniques in a seminar that you learn, if you learn five techniques in a seminar that are really well taught, that you can recall and remember, those were not like overnight techniques that somebody just memorized. I mean, those were years that it took them to develop and learn all the ins and outs if they're a good instructor. So, you know, you have regular day-to-day private classes. Outside of that, you have seminars. Outside of that, camps, camps are very good. Camps and seminars are roughly around the same um, category. Um, If you're a very focused practitioner, camps might be even better. Um, If you're not very focused, camps can be too much. It can be an overload Um, or if you party too much, it can be an overload too. Um, But then then, we, you know, gets the the million dollar question, which is where everybody is, is waiting on. is like videos. What do you mm. think of videos?
0: It's tough. It's a tough call. It's it varies so much that it can be a good tool or it can set you down oh, well, a path that so, is not going to So, so let's hand. put it this way. Like first. An Instagram
1: video is garbage. Okay, that there's nothing you're gonna learn on Instagram that's any any worth anything. Because if they can teach you a technique in 20 seconds, then you should master jujitsu in about a year. Like there should be, <laughs> should be nothing. You just you, know.
0: you just sunk any future possibility of us putting a, a video in our YouTube
1: uh, a video on our Instagram. So I mean, what you can use videos on Instagram for is you can look for reference. you know, I saw this person do this. and you can say, yeah, they've pulled it off live in the situation or as an example of the technique, but to learn something from an Instagram video is just not going to work. Right. Um,
0: So if we do a video in the future, we'll just say, Hey, this is Andrew and from just jujitsu podcast. We just wanted to show you a video. That's not going to help you at all, but here, here it is. And
1: and the the reality is most video on, um, on Instagram, they're just entertainment, right? If you see that guy do a technique on like a 30, chain technique on somebody who's obviously willing and allowing it to happen but they couldn't pull it off on a white belt that's resisting it's garbage but it's still fun to look at
0: what do you think is the highest combo you could get in the 59 seconds an Instagram video will allow you me personally? yeah, on a willing partner? yeah like if you and I were like "Let's, let's, let's just do this? yeah let's see what kind of combo we could get here i mean we, we can get to like 50 60 you know i think that's a pretty good challenge right there i like, mean
1: if you're if you're a wheeling partner and you're flowing into the positions y- as yeah, i expect you to I,
0: you'd, ha- yeah you have to be yeah
1: yeah of course yeah you can hit even higher you know what i mean like it's easy to do
0: um, it'd be like like a like street fighter so i'm like what like oh 55 move combo you think right. we could do it yeah we're not going to what we can... <laughs> why not that sounds amazing
1: <laughs> Andrew you should have seen Andrew's look just now I... it was like it was like I it was like I I, I you know broke my rule and I hit, a, hit
0: his puppy <laughs> it, it would be like it'd be like a, a 59 second dance pretty much That's
1: highly right. entertaining but not jujitsu
0: right you know guys I'm, I'm gonna work on this <laughs> I, I promise you I promise you at some point, we'll get we'll get this combo out there. The
1: the you know, and then you get to Facebook, and and again, Facebook videos are a little bit longer, you know. But it doesn't mean that the source is good. It doesn't mean that instruction in that video is also good, which is also the problem with most instructionals. Is the vast majority of instructionals are are garbage, you know, and it's not because the techniques that they're teaching is garbage. It's because they don't know how to teach. Right. And, and I know a lot of people will take offense to because they may say, well, I do I do these instructionals or I've learned from instructionals or sure, you know, you can learn from just about anything, but it doesn't mean it's an efficient form of learning. You know, um, if, if I have to explain a technique to you in two hours for you to understand how to do one technique, I'm not a good instructor the same goes with if i can teach you the technique in 60 seconds i'm also not a good instructor right one of them i'm oversimplifying on the other i'm over you know complicating it it needs to be concise enough for you to pick up the technique and be able to run with it but it needs to be thorough enough that you can recall and understand every step of the way
0: now there is one form of video that i think you would agree is a good way to, a, a great tool that's watching competitions live roles. sure that the only problem is it takes some understanding right you uh, have to have a base knowledge already right yes what do you think about bjj scout the the, the youtube channel
1: uh, i think it's, you, i think it's i think it's brilliant yeah i that, think i think i don't think it's one person um i mean don't get me wrong like I told you this like this weekend like I sat in front of my computer and it broke down a bunch of matches old matches I I, I do it for fun mm-hmm. um, but they I, I think it's more than one person and if it is one person I wish I knew who it was um, I'd love to talk to them just mm-hmm. to, to pick their mind you know um, not on like specific knowledge but just on how they operate um, but I think that um, like, like BJ Scout as an entity, I think it's a, there's a collective source of knowledge, a uh, very deep and wide source of knowledge. And I think they do an excellent job of breaking things down um, because they're looking past just the technique. They're looking at the why's and the how's and the when's and, 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 and all that.
0: Yeah. I really enjoy that type of uh, analyzing because it is, it takes something that I would miss a lot of the intricacies and it slows it down and it goes like frame by frame. BJJ Scout is better than most instructionals out there. Oh yeah, I I would say I I get more from that than most instructionals. Right. Yet the videos
1: from BJJ Scout are much shorter mm-hmm. than a, you know, 4-hour instructional DVD set. Right. And and again, I'm not saying that every instructional is bad. I'm not saying that every online because there's a ton of online courses that you can do now. I'm not saying that those are bad. I'm not saying that every video on Instagram is horrible. That every you know Facebook thing is bad. I'm not saying that. I'm saying is, generally speaking, they're not as valuable as people think they are. Right. I think ultimately, it's so easy to, it's so easy to dismiss your instructor now. It's so easy to go to class and go. Yeah, but that's not how I saw people doing it. Sure, there may be 18 variations to this one technique. I'm teaching you one of them, not all 18 of them. And you're definitely not ready for you know the fifth variation in. You're, you're just learning this. But it's easy to go, well, I did it. I watched the video and I did it. Yeah, but it doesn't mean that just because you can do something doesn't mean you're educated in it. You know, mm-hmm. any idiot can watch uh, a how-to on the rear naked and be successful with it. but it does not mean that they're educated in the intricacies of the rear naked. They can hurt somebody and not know that they're hurting somebody you know, at a very, very like low level explanation.
0: So it, it, if there are things, if you are using the uh, videos online as a tool, uh, kind of as a supplement to your uh, your day-to-day training in class, you're, you're going to want to probably check a lot of that stuff with your instructor. They, you can. Uh, some instructors may take offense to it. I, I wouldn't.
1: But I know that some people might think that you're undermining them. If you're always checking stuff online, like you don't trust them, like they're not good enough. And it's an ego thing, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Nat, I wouldn't say checking as in, hey, Corolla, I know we, I went, we went over arm bars. I went online and they said, I should do this. Sure, I'm thinking more hey i saw this on instagram like what do you think great what do you think about and your instructor
1: should be open-minded enough to say to to at least at the very minimum humor it but also to look at it objectively and go is there something to this you know the arm bars we keep going back to the bar because it's a very iconic move but the arm bars that we do today and are completely different to the arm bars we did 30 years ago and even more different if you go back to how judo you know does it you know Mm -hmm. there's a reason for those changes because it's always evolving so yeah no and again videos should be like makeup they should enhance and supplement what's already there they should not be to build your face Otherwise, you look like an umpa umpa.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good analogy. I want let's end it there with the makeup <laughs> analogy, because I mean, y- you're a guy who knows makeup. It, that's you know jujitsu and you know makeup. Actually, I don't know makeup, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you have to clarify that because do you think anyone listening would go, oh shit? knows
1: makeup. See, the thing is, is like people are listening to this. They're forty episodes, and they're they're thinking that like you're the super honest guy. <laughs>
0: oh, I don't think anyone thinks oh, that. Okay, well, good. I'm glad <laughs> to hear that. <laughs> All right, so that let's end there. Uh, we came full circle back to the classroom, and yeah, if you guys have any questions on uh, learning strategies, feel free to send them to us at Just Jujitsu. Podcast at gmail.com. Let's go over listener email. It's the listener. (laughs) I got I got you off guard there. (laughs) Just see the look of disappointment and disdain in my eyes. Looking to the side and as soon as I started. You 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 got a quick look there. (laughs) Let me try that again. It's the listener, mailbag. Don't you worry, we're about to hurry. It's the listener mailbag. It's the close of the show. That's me leaving. <laughs> <laughs> All right, first, uh, we're just going to do one email today. Uh, this one is from Eric. Eric says he recently stumbled across a video of Hickson fighting some dude on a beach from a group. <laughs> some dude on the beach from a group called Luta Libre. It looks like the Gracies and Luta Libre had a long-standing rivalry. He's wondering if Kroiler had any insights into the rivalry. How did it start? Is it still ongoing? Did Elio or other family members tell stories about the rivalry? Well, Eric, we talked about this a little bit. Yeah, did in a whole episode on the, on the Luta Libre we did. Did we do a whole episode? Or at least a good chunk of we, one? We did a chunk. Yeah. You know, if if I if I was prepared, I would tell you exactly which episode it is. But we will we, we'll go over it quickly, and uh, and while Croyler's going over, I'm going to look and see if I can find the episode number for you. So he's saying he's going to ignore me <laughs> as I as I explain things to you. All right. All right. Well, I mean, let's be honest. Most of this podcast, I've just been on Instagram, right? Right, sadly, um, no. So, um, so first, that that
1: match is actually not just some guy on the beach. That's Ugo Duarte, and he uh, and that was a, a tremendously large um, rivalry. In fact, it might have been the most famous rivalry between Luta livre and jiu-jitsu. Um, we should at some point do a whole episode on this particular. Rivalry, mm-hmm. because it, it wasn't just that match. I think they fought twice, um, and it was like it spanned like I think almost a year. It was like a, this huge thing. People brought guns. It was this. It was this huge. Jesus. Like it was like it was like gangs of New York kind of thing. Yeah. Um, we'll get into it at some other point in detail. No. Um, as far as like my family telling me stories, yeah. I mean, you know, I I I think um, I, I grew up with these fantastical these like like incredulous stories from from my uncles from my cousins from you know my mom from you know everybody around me and and to me they weren't crazy stories they were just Stories, You know, yeah, you know, your uncle went to the beach and beat the shit out of some guy. Oh, okay, cool. And, and that's all it was. It was like dinner talk. Like It wasn't like, oh, my God, are you okay? You know, right. and, and, and it happened pretty often. So, yeah, I got, I got a lot of, I have a lot of stories about that era. I have asked for a lot of information on matches I've heard or videos that I've seen that I didn't have background on from family members. Um, this particular match in the beach was, it was a very, very important one. And it's one that... I think to do it justice, we'd have to do an episode, kind of like what we did with Hanzo. The long story short, since Andrew failed to find the episode that we,
0: <laughs> I looked we, through, we discussed it, <laughs> and I thought it might be, I thought maybe it was the Valley Tudo versus competition guard, but I'm not hundred percent, hundred percent sure. So, though.
1: so Lutalivri and and Valley Tudo, they're they're essentially kind of like the same, you know, two sides of the same coin. What it came down to was the Gracies uh, from a very early point claim to be the best form of, the best system for fighting, you know, the best form of combative arts. And, and, you know, for sure, Jiu Jitsu has proven that over the years, there's not a single form of combat that is more dominant than, you know, Jiu Jitsu, so much so that most uh, mixed combat involves high levels of grappling with very heavy doses of Jiu Jitsu. But Along the way, when you make a claim like that, that is so bold, um, you piss a lot of people off. And when you have guys that are tough, very athletic, are trying to kill each other every day, who are picking up what they think is valuable from every martial art, whether it's striking or grappling or jiu-jitsu or everything, and they're just kind of creating their own blend of things. The Luta Livre guys were the first guys to be, quote-unquote, like, MMA guys, right? They were not necessarily martial, martial artists in the sense of they didn't go and get a black belt in, in you know, taekwondo and a black belt in karate and then a, the, you know, a high-level sash in Muay Thai and, and you know, became Division one wrestler. They were people that just did, were exposed to different things and then they blended it all together and they were just tough enough and athletic enough to argued a claim that maybe Gracie Jiu Jitsu was not the toughest thing to do. And um, you know, the the especially um, at that time period, they were out to prove the efficiency of jiu-jitsu. So you have one side staking a claim saying we're the best and the side claiming no you're not and two very powerful, you know, egos at play from both sides. Mm -hmm. It, it definitely there's a lot of matches back and forth between challenges and and it went on for years and i think what ended up happening is you know it's like when you get into a relationship with somebody you spend so much time around them you pick up a little bit of their habits they pick up a little bit of yours and you both end up being more like each other than than you were separate and the Jujutsu guys over time had to learn to deal with the intensity and the f- you know the ferocious nature of the lute-livre guys and the lute-livre guys had to learn enough technical aspects to survive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know and 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 I think over the years as the the leaders of each side grew older and wiser and um, they have become at least amicable enough to to kind of let you know let things lie. But I'm sure there's still guys in Brazil, you know, small clusters of people in Brazil who are die hard, Luta Livre is the way to go, just like I'm sure there's still small clusters of jiu-jitsu schools in Brazil that are Luta livre sucks and and jitsu is the way to go.
0: What does Luta Livre
1: translate to? It, it comes down to like free fight, like free okay. like uh freestyle. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing with like Bali Tudo, it just means like all is allowed. Like we're, we're doing everything. Got it. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, We will, uh, yeah, at some point we'll, we'll go into it in a little more depth and yeah. Interesting story there. Thanks. Sorry. I failed to fail to find the, uh, the, the the episode. You didn't fail to fail. You failed. but (laughs) I failed to (laughs) fail,
1: which means I succeeded. Yeah. I think that's a double negative.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right. So we'll, uh, we'll sign out here quickly. Oh, before we go, let's do a quick, uh, quick question. If your movie, if your life was a movie? What be what would be like one of the best blooper reels or gag reels in it? Like what would be like the like a, a big fuck up or a big like a funny humorous fuck up? Oh, um, any, any awkward moments, awkward dates, awkward jujitsu periods? Any? Uh, I mean, to think. Um, come on, croiler Croiler growing up, doing <laughs> jujitsu all the time. And what was your fir- What was your first date? I couldn't tell you. What? Yes. You you don't know the first Um, date you had.
1: I'm trying to think of any like awkward situations. Thing is like, I'm not super awkward, you know?
0: (laughs) Everyone right now, can we all have a collective laugh? You don't Um, remember your first date? You don't know who it was with or what grade? What? (laughs) So disappointing. Bigger things in my mind. (laughs) Yeah, but that's like a a Um, benchmark in people's life.
1: Yeah, it was also was, you know, training was a big benchmark in my life.
0: But that's why it would be so different. Um, I don't know. Let me think. Um, Here, I'll give you one.
1: So, so, um, I'm trying to think.
0: (laughs) listen I've never done anything embarrassing I mean I'm not awkward I'm I just mean, a fucking work of art I mean I mean like to be embarrassed you gotta be ashamed of it you that's know? true yeah <laughs> um, you never like uh, have you ever pissed yourself Remember, ever wet the bed? No. What? You never wet the bed? I don't, I don't think I Even have. as a kid?
1: Uh, not that I can remember. Okay. Plus, I'd be terrified that my grandfather would beat my ass. That's true. You ever shit yourself? No. I've come close. Yeah, me neither. I've uh, come close. So, I have a story. So, this was years and years ago, um, back when Blockbuster was still a thing. Okay. Right. Um, I uh, I ate something that did not agree with me, and I, I was going to the, the Blockbuster to rent a movie, and it hit me like a like you wouldn't expect it to. Okay. <laughs> and I, there's a huge line of people waiting to check out. And I just walked right past them, right to the, to the lady, the checkout lady, and I'm like, well, first I tried to go in the bathroom, but the bathroom door was was locked and you had to get the key from the front. So I couldn't quite run to the front because things may happen. So I- I you like penguin waddled up? Yeah, very fast. And i got there i'm like i need the keys to the bathroom she's like excuse me i'm helping a customer you know you have to go to the end of the line i'm like no you don't understand i need the keys to the bathroom right now she was you can wait your turn i'm like lady i will shit right here right now like in this spot if i don't get those keys because i won't make it to my car Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh she just kind of like slid the keys over i went to the bathroom and i left i didn't even rent anything that night no do you remember
0: what you were there to rent no, no.
1: It was probably one of those things like, like a teenager just looking for a movie
0: to watch in the weekend. Sure. Because back then Netflix was not a thing. No, and you'd spend like five, like five dollars for one night. Yeah, video. and then like, and then you'd forget to bring it next day, and now it's like thirty dollars. And then you have to take like a small loan for your late fees. Right, 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 right. You get it. Yeah, I'm sure that happened to you too. Yeah. Well, uh, the one I went to the blockbuster, there was a. Uh, I, I would always go and they had like the bargain bin that I'd look through. And there's something good in there. <laughs> yeah, but every once in a while you'd find something good. So enough to encourage me to look through it. Well, I was doing that and then I I left and the next day I drove by and the whole right side of the front of the store was just covered in cellophane and was just gone. I'm like, what? Happened and so the I like later that week I had I ran by again and I went in and the store clearly some accident had happened like what (laughs) what happened here and it was right where the bargain bin was nice and the guy said at what we were here one night and someone just drove their car right through the front of the store <laughs> and just took out like the bargain bin and that whole area and i thought oh my god that was the night <laughs> i was there i we might not be sitting here right now i may have been killed going through like some old weird keanu reeves some, some, movie some that was old a hit, dollar like some
1: old hitman misjudged their timing
0: he did that's what yeah. happened that was
1: <laughs> there's somebody listening right now pissed
0: off and they're like god damn it or there was some type of like time travel thing where I, i'm a, i'm i'm gonna do something horrible to in the future yeah. and they were trying to or i was trying to Just take myself out yeah, yeah i get it that could have happened. all right we're gonna end on that everyone we will see you next week